I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another new episode of the Bomber Brothers podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. Sean and Ryan talking about another sweep on another new episode, which is becoming a habit, a very enjoyable habit, I'd say. Uh, if you want to hear us about how great the Yankees are after every series, make sure you subscribe, make sure you review, give us a rating, all that good stuff. And Sean, if we were rating the Yankees right now, it would have to be a solid 10 out of 10. They just swept the Rays. 11. They, the, yeah. <laughs> they just uh, swept the Rays. They've won seven in a row. They have their longest winning streak in the Bronx since, what was it? I think 1961 we're at now. It's been a pretty incredible ride. And now the Yankees are up to a double-digit lead in the division as the Yankees finished the first leg of what many considered to be the first quote-unquote true test of just how good the Yankees are in this 13-game stretch that includes the Rays, Blue Jays, Rays again, and then Astros because the Yankees have been beating up on a bunch of bad teams before this, Uh, but now they've got a series sweep against a Rays team that has not only given them a ton of fits in the past, but also were the team right behind them and not right behind them, but behind them in placement in second place. And now they're way behind in second place at 10 games back. I think what, what struck me about this series is the Yankees won in sort of ways that we've seen the Rays beat the Yankees, right? Like a lot of close games where uh, the Yankees played much better fundamental ball than the Rays did, I would say. And uh, that was, that was really exciting because the Yankees did not have those games where the bats were able to carry them. Um, You know, they, they only scored, um, what was it? Six games. Um, I'm sorry. uh, Eight runs in the series. Uh, And they held the race to, to only four. So that's a recipe for success, but the, the Rays gave away, you know, some, some outs there and the, the Yankees played really well. You know, Cole gets a big, big double play in, in the game that he starts um, the, the game that Cortez started. I thought he pitched very well. Uh, there was some bad uh, Babbitt luck there towards, towards the end of that game, but um, the Yankees hang on to win. And then obviously, um, you know, you get, you get the excitement uh, last night with the walk-off home run, but I was really obviously stoked with how this, the series went. And also the Yankees faced adversity in the last game with Severino going on the IL. I guess he tested negative for COVID, but he is sick. Um, and, and they had to go to a bullpen game unexpectedly and they're, they're able to pull it out. So, I mean, you know, in, in the second of the last game, the Yankees faced adversity, overcame it, uh, with two kind of gutty wins. And, um, you know, here we are 
a series sweep and a, and a 10 game lead. And in, in the, you know, everybody lost yesterday except the Yankees in the division. The Yankees, Yankees are up by 10 as we sit here on May, I'm sorry, June 17th. Yeah, well, technically, not every division team lost because the Orioles <laughs> beat up on the Blue Jays. But uh, safe to say they're they're securely in in the basement. Although we thank them for their service for taking they took two games from Toronto, right? So I, I believe so. Yeah. So thank you, say thank you to them for that. But no, definitely what you said about the Yankees beating the Rays in a manner in which the Rays usually or used to beat the Yankees. I mean, you could argue that the first two games of this series were determined by a pair of drop fly balls, and one of them was. Brett Phillips in center field in game two when that should have been Kiermaier out there, who's obviously a phenomenal defensive center fielder, but he had Achilles soreness and he got taken out of the game. So then Phillips comes in, he drops that fly ball and it eventually leads to the Higgy home run. And of course, you know, McClanahan still needs to make that pitch to Higgy. So it's not all Phillips fault. And Higgy now has three home runs in his last, seven or eight games, I think. So my 24 home run Higgy prediction is suddenly getting a new injection of life as we're uh, approaching 4th of July. But, uh, and then going back to game one, I think it was Margot who dropped the ball and right. And then that opened the door for the rally um, against Kluber after he had been shutting the Yankees down for most, most of that game. So like you said, the Rays are, are built on defense and pitching. They're actually not a very good offensive team, despite the fact that they are a good team overall, but they were 26 in the league in OPS. So they don't score runs. They rely on low scoring games and letting other teams beat themselves and using their uh, stable of arms as Kevin Cash so famously called them uh, to limit runs instead of generating much of their own and it usually works but the like you said the Yankees beat them at their own game three fairly low scoring games a couple unearned runs that the Yankees capitalized on and at a, and suddenly here we are talking about a sweep well speaking of stables let's talk about the Yankees rotation um at least in the first two games of this series since since yesterday was a a bullpen day due to the the Seve COVID stint I think going into the series the thing that intrigued me the most was how do Cole and Cortez bounce back after two of their worst starts I think Cole for his career and Cortez certainly this season and they passed with flying colors I think you know when we when we talk about Cole Yankee fans get frustrated sometimes he rubs people the wrong way. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I don't know why I have no rhyme or reason, but Cole just rubs me the wrong way. Dude, that guy put up in a huge spot to set the tone for this series. And that's great to see him able to bounce back after, you know, the really poor start he had in, in Minnesota. And then you have Cortez too, who, you know, him versus McClanahan. That's probably who starts the all-star game. And he, he straight out pitched McClanahan in that start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not in that camp of people that get bothered by Cole. I think he's, I think he has his hiccups, but he's also long proven himself to be a big game pitcher. I mean, God, look at his performances with the Astros in the playoffs. And then he came up huge against the Rays in the 2020 ALDS in a decisive game five. His, I look back to his complete game shutout against the Astros last season, which was one of the high points of, of last year. And then, like you said, coming off maybe the worst start he's ever had, he shuts down the Rays. He gets a big double play. It was nice to see him get so pumped up 
after and almost run off the mound. He was so excited to get that uh, to get that double play uh, and got a little bit of help. But I think that was the first first pitch that um, who was it a Rosarena grounded into that double play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and it was out of the zone, but he went for it. He went for a first pitch breaking ball that broke low, and that's exactly what he was going for. Was that crown ball to get it out of the bases loaded jam? So huge, huge for Cole. Huge for Cortez, like we said during the series preview. That was that was the game we had circled. That was that was a game against that pitted two Cy Young, early Cy Young hopefuls against each other, and two pitchers that are going to be bidding to compete in the All Star game. And and Cortez Cortez won the battle. I mean, McClanahan pitched pretty well too. Like we said, he made a couple mistakes. Uh, one of them to Judge in the beginning of the game. Who I mean that pitch right there shows you what what an MVP is against one of uh, against one of the uh Cy Young candidates of the season but yeah McClanahan pitched pretty well too just had a couple mistakes around a mistake in the field that he couldn't bail his defense out of but Cortez on the other side he was he was great I mean third time through the order he started to run into a little bit of trouble they got Boone got him out of there in time and Leckie survived some bad Babbitt Babbitt luck and we had the whole delay and the umpires trying to figure out what exactly the rule, the rule was for that. Or it was more of like a timing thing they were trying to figure out. But in the end, all wins for the Yankees. And I'd say all all good. I mean, it's, hard, it's very, very hard to find anything about this team to say you're worried about or to complain about. It's I mean, this is the best team in baseball. They're more than 30 games over 500. They've scored the second most runs as of today on the 17th, I believe, and given up the fewest, which is the combination you want. Um, and yeah, I thought that that for the second game was huge. Cortez bounces back, like we said, but also, I mean, Peralta really, you know, got some big outs there. And then, you know, you talked about, is, is Litke, it looks like he's growing the stash out a little bit. I couldn't really tell. I'm on vacation, so I'm watching the game on my phone, on the iPad. But um, yeah, it looks like he's starting to join the stash crew which obviously would improve his performance. The metrics just, you know, they say that. So yeah, look at Carpenter uh, and Cortez. Exactly. And, you know, just to be clear, I think Cole is, is, you know, I don't have any question about his talent, but just, you know, some like the way he was yelling at Billy Billy Crystal just kind of personally annoys (laughs) me. It's not, I don't have any any problem with his, with his performance. I think he's, he is an ace and, and I'm glad he's on our team, but you know, just sometimes, you know, you just warm up to a guy, you know? Um, if Greg Bird and Gary Cole were sitting at a table, I'd go sit next to Greg Bird just because I'm a, I'm a Greg Bird stan. But he is not going to hit his at-bat thing most likely because, man, what a huge game for, for Rizzo last night, um, providing the offense while we had the one of the more quote-unquote heroic performances by the bullpen in terms of what they had to do, obviously with Weber in there as, as the nice story. But um, – what a what a great night for for the the Yankees. I mean, you have Schmidt, Weber, Marnasio, and then King close it out, or or King getting the win, rather. And uh, I mean, who if, if I told you those were the four pitchers that pitched in the game last night, you would probably say the Yankees lost. You know, like seven to two. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That, no, absolutely. I, we get the Severino news just hours before game time, which was a huge bummer because I've just loved watching Sevy pitch this season coming off his first full season after Tommy John surgery. It's just been so great to see him bounce back and be so successful. So on one hand, you're just bummed because you wanted to watch Sevy pitch. And then on the other hand, you're like, well, good thing we took two out of three because now this one's looking like it's going to be a tougher one to to take from from Tampa. But, I mean, Schmidt was unbelievable. Three innings, one hit, and five strikeouts. I mean, he was he was fantastic. Weber comes on after literally just joining the team. He signed the minor league deal in March, and then he brought, came, brought up to the majors just to fill in for today, and that was it. I mean, he was uh, – what, he was DFA'd right night. after. They'll pro- hopefully sign him back to a minor league deal. But, I mean, three and two-thirds, he makes the one mistake on the home run. And then Marinaccio, 1.1 shutout innings. King gets the win with a shutout inning. I mean, nine innings from this group. King is the only one you really see much of in any kind of high leverage spot. But nine innings, three hits, one run, two walks, nine strikeouts. I mean, it it littered in that nine innings of brilliant pitching was just one mistake. That was it. How much much of this do you think is the Matt Blake and – how much do you think is the offensive environment? Because I, I mean, it gets to a point where you're like, this isn't a mirage. This is working, but I don't know. I don't know what it is that's working. Like when you look at it, it's like, you think like, you know, you have your, your doubts. Like can Cortez keep this up? Can the bullpen keep this up? I think you're pretty confident in guys like Cole and Seve. They've shown that stuff, but there's other guys where you're like, can they continue this? And, but I mean, we're 47 and 16. It's not, it's, you know, it's not like we're 10 and two to start the year and it's only a 12 game sample. We, you know, we're, we're here towards the end of June. Yeah. I would look at, look at Severino. He found his change up a few years ago to give himself that reliable third pitch. And then he took his game to another level and Cortez found his cutter. Thanks to CC Sabathia last year. And you know, a lot of people forget that Cortez was still really good last year as soon as he went into the rotation. So He's not as much of, you know, an out of, obviously this level of success is out of nowhere, but I think he found that cutter. And then you have a pitching coach in, in Matt Blake who was, you know, helmed as this guru when he first got here. And he can probably help Cortez, uh, you know, get the most, most spin, most horizontal movement on that cutter to help him take that over the top. And then you have Montgomery who was solid as as a rookie and he's shown himself to be solid after Tommy John surgery so I think I think you have these pitchers with good foundations who now have this brilliant pitching mind on their side and it probably helps take them take them over excuse me over the top but yeah just I think when the collective as a whole is pitching this well you you have to look to the pitching coach as one of the biggest reasons why. I mean, he's Matt Blake has done a phenomenal job. I mean, Michael King came into this season and all of a sudden was throwing high nineties with that sick horizontal movement, thanks to the you know seam shifted wake movement that's going on around the league now. And then you have Holmes. I mean, geez, look no further than than him. I mean, he had a career ERA of somewhere in the five range with Pittsburgh before the trade last year, and now his 
ERA with the Yankees since since the trade last summer is below one. He's thrown 28 straight scoreless appearances. His next one will break uh, Mariano's record for the for the most ever in Yankee history, which he set in 99. So I think you have all these guys that are suddenly breaking out of nowhere and you have a pitching coach who can maximize their abilities and eliminate what's not working. I mean, home, I think when Holmes got here, he was using a fastball a good amount and they basically just completely gotten rid of that. And now he's, you know, one of the best relievers in the league. So I, I'd say the props go to Matt Blake. And I would also say that this does have staying power because of him. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the only thing you worry about is fatigue, but they're able to plug guys in to give guys breaks and, and, you know, they still produce at, at a relatively high level, just, just like yesterday. I mean, nine innings and one, one run allowed that that's pretty nuts. And then of course you have Rizzo who ties the game with single in the sixth and then hits the, hits the walk off Homer in the ninth. And I mean, like, I, I think this is part of the thing that excites me about this team is, you know, you have Judge and LeMahieu walk right before the Rizzo homer. I'm sorry, right before the Rizzo single. This team doesn't need to sit around and wait for that home run. They they put the ball in play a little bit more than they have in the past, which obviously is scary because you can get more double plays, but they're also putting the ball in the air a lot. You know, how many times have we seen them have a runner on third get the run in with sack fly? Uh, Rizzo puts the ball in play, scores a run, and then they show you in the ninth inning, oh, and by the way, we're still the Bronx Bombers. We still hit a bunch of homers. That's what we're based on is, is hitting home runs, um, as they showed in the middle game of the series. And, and Rizzo goes deep and just an awesome, awesome. I mean, anytime you get a walk-off home run, it's great. But to do it against the Rays for a sweep, what an exclamation part, uh, point on a series that, you know, not buries the Rays down 12 games, but certainly makes it almost – you know, impossible to think that they could catch us. And then Toronto's 10 games back now too. So, you know, when, when you gain on Toronto and Tampa Bay and I guess Boston at 13 and a half back now, uh, all in the same night on a walk-off home run, it's perfect exclamation point, not history with an exclamation point, but still, uh, <laughs> you know, a perfect exclamation point on a series and uh, just, you know, something to get really excited about the, the view they showed, I don't know if you saw the Yankees tweeted it out from like the, the visiting on deck circle of Rizzo yeah. hitting the home run. Just that, that was so that, I mean, as a hitter, you know, like watching the ball from that angle is just the greatest, greatest thing in the whole world. And to, to see the Yanks tweet that out was, was pretty sick. Yeah. You mentioned cutting back on the ground balls and makes you have you know PTSD in a sense, thinking about all the double plays that the Yankees grounded into last year, they were among the, the league leaders. And now they're at, at now they're atop the league leaders in walk-off wins. That was their eighth walk-off win this season. Most in most in the major leagues. And also this was from Katie Sharp, but the Yankees are 14 and four in one run games. So they're getting it done. They're getting the big hit. They're getting the big sh- uh, shutdown innings from the bullpen. And, you know, you see that and you think of like previous playoff teams that got into the playoffs and maybe they didn't have the run differential and they were just getting very fortunate in close games. That's not the Yankees because they're also leading the league in run differential. So blowouts, close games, the Yankees are winning every kind of game you could imagine. And whatever they or whatever, whatever they seem to need, they seem to get. Is who, who said that? Joe Buck in the 2001 World Series when Soriano made yes, that dive. In yes, that was a so. yeah, good, good World Series video reference there. <laughs> so they're uh, yeah, the Yankees are are winning in every every way imaginable. That was also their 
I think we just, I think we mentioned it earlier. That was also their eighth series sweep and they still have not been swept yet this season. So just, I don't know, whatever number you want to throw out there, whatever accolade the Yankees season has been incredibly fun so far. And they're just a really, really good team. I think they're, they're tops and run differential. Like any way you, like you said, any way you slice up the team, you can't find a way to knock what they've done. Obviously we don't know what they're going to do in the future. Um, that remains to be seen, but at what they've done so far, just absolutely historic. I think they have the same record as the 98 Yankees at this point in, in the season. And they're on pace for last time we talked, it was 119 wins. Now they're on pace for 121 wins. So, uh, Pretty cool to, to be sitting here talking about a sweep, especially after we start this uh, gauntlet of, of a, you know, of, of a stretch in the schedule that we, you know, I don't want to say we were worried about, but we were kind of intrigued to see how the Yankees would respond. And boy, it is leg one pass with flying colors. Yeah, that was that was a phenomenal series. Couldn't have asked for anything more. Maybe just not Severino getting sick, but now he's back already. So it seems like he'll he'll be OK. 